Hey, Jimmy. Yes. Uh, I need to talk to you about last night. I thought that was coming. <laughs> well, uh, your mother and I, we were in a pretty bad fight and had to do with uh, scheduling stuff, and it's, it's stressful being an adult, Jimmy. Yeah, I know, but... Well, uh, Jim, uh, I just wanted to say sorry. Uh, uh, okay, Roger. Well, did this have anything to do with that thing the other night, that person who was here? Uh, no, Jim, didn't have anything to do with that. Uh, uh, okay, Roger. All right, Jimmy. All right. Bye, boy. Bye. Hey, everybody. Yes. Welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the digital cowboy himself, Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going today? Jason, I remember episode one, episode two, I think uh, chatting afterwards. I think you said something, you know, like, hey, you think the intro music's too long? You think we should, you know, have a little bit shorter so we can... It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can shorten it up. Here we are 200 episodes in and... <laughs> You moan into the microphone for like a solid two minutes <laughs> before before we even start. How things have it's changed. A weird, uh, it's a weird industry <laughs> we're in, Chris, and I want a very <laughs> refined audience. There's certain right. people I want in our audience, and there's certain people I don't want. And the like scammy, low attention span kind of group, yeah, I don't want to deal with them. So I feel like yeah. there might be a little strategy behind what I do. But, you know, sometimes I just need a little bit of a filter between what happens pre-show and on the show and you got to switch modes you know what i'm saying chris if there's anything that's more prominent on a podcast uh app no matter what you're using it's the skip forward and skip back button you know i mean that's the nice thing and plus i know i've talked to people that listen to the show like at you know 1.25 1.5 1.75 faster you know so the way I see it, we could do it. You could do a full five minutes of Jimmy and it's only like two and a half minutes for them. So what I'm thinking about doing going forward is um, I'm hearing that the yes and the, well, not the yes, but mostly the Jimmy is not. Sometimes people miss it when I don't do it at the beginning of the show. Yeah. And also I'm hearing that it's too short. And so <laughs> what I'm thinking about doing is mixing it in in the middle of the in show. The middle? Maybe at the end. Yeah. Like an intermission. <laughs> like when you go to the theater. You have an intermission, and we can have really? an intermission to hear an update from Jimmy. Well, if Jimmy, hey, all he has to pay is the advertiser price, and he can have his own spot. That's fine if he wants to interrupt the show. That's uh, that's fine. We gave him, we gave Jimmy his own spot at the top of the show just because we felt sorry for him. But uh, I don't know, middle of the show, that seems like it's pushing it. Um, happy Thursday, everyone. We're back. I hope. Uh, you had a good week, and you know, despite the economy, despite what everyone's at, uh, you know, at home, you guys are still working. You're still sending in questions, and we've got questions to answer. Uh, we've got some really good questions. Uh, I get questions sent to me over Twitter. We get questions on our Facebook group, and uh, we're going to run through some of those and have some really interesting discussions, great topics. Um, but before we do that, 
I want to tell you guys about Optio. Optio.com slash PSP2 for a two-month free trial. No credit card required. Sign up for this time-saving solution for Google Ads uh, specifically, because that's what you're here for. You're, you work in Google Ads, whether you are in-house, whether you are an, an agency, whether you're a freelancer, um, consultant, you have multiple accounts or one account. This is a great tool for getting things done faster in Google Ads. You can control budgets. Uh, you can manage multiple accounts. Uh, you can go all the way from campaign to keyword. And I'm talking about when you jump into the Optio screen, you're able to see campaign level metrics and make adjustments. Beautiful little switches where you can just hit the switch button, right? And just turn things on and off. Ad group level management for bids. You can change things like keywords and ad groups and, and ads specifically right in the system. This is not the kind of thing where you have to jump back and forth. This is an all-in-one solution. You're going to love it. It's uh, something that is particularly popular with many of our listeners. Many of the listeners have tried it out and uh, found it to be so valuable, they went ahead and purchased the full software package. You can do that same thing, but get two months free at opteo.com slash PSP2. Use the chat box at the bottom to tell them you are a paid search podcast listener and you want two months of the free trial and you can do it. You're going to like the tool. It is a tool designed for smart Google ads managers like you to get things done faster. Thanks Chris. And, uh, we are, we are definitely on social media. Um, <laughs> we're on uh, Twitter at paid search pod active on there. We are on Facebook slash paid search podcast and um, we appreciate you guys following us on there. Send us questions. And we're also on Instagram. Instagram's a little bit new to us, uh, Paid Search Pod. I don't think uh, either of us currently has the login. Uh, we're going to be working on that. <laughs> but uh, the page is up. And um, oh. I don't really know what we would, uh, what, what one would do on Instagram um, in this field. If you guys have any ideas, I'd love to hear that. Because I see podcasters out there doing Q and A's and it's very cool. Cause on YouTube, they put screenshots of the questions that just flood in on Instagram. And I'm like, how do you, how would we uh, get that going? So if there's any Instagram experts out there or power users, get, send us a note on the website, paidsearchpodcast.com, uh, ideas on how we can use that platform. Cause you know what, Chris, we're talking about Google ads. We talk a little bit about Bing, we talk about Facebook advertising every now and then. There's a lot of people on Instagram, you know? Mm. I've heard. I'm not much of a user myself. I, I have an Instagram account, but I follow one person. Oh, do you really? Uh, yeah. I follow my wife because, you know, if I ever want her to listen to me, I like all of her posts. And that way she's like, oh. Then, she, you know, I comment and say, hey, is dinner ready? <laughs> and then she replies <laughs> back, you know? <laughs> Oh boy. Um she doesn't listen to the show. Oh so. boy, I like that. That's I fun. like that. What did that mean, Chris? Oh hey, boy. She yeah, she she loves when I talk about, you know, how I expect her to be cooking all the time. She loves that joke. It never gets old. Um for me, at least. But uh we're safe though. We're safe. She doesn't listen. Um you heard her earlier today. She's she's full of spunk. She's got lots of energy today. <laughs> so <laughs> She's yeah, fun. that was uh, it was intense. 
it was it was good stuff but uh <laughs> every now and then i hear from her before the show it's good stuff so yeah so chris we're doing a q a today um we love when you guys send in questions on social media also paidsearchpodcast.com and today's questions come specifically from facebook so the first question chris is sophie from facebook what are your thoughts on adding variant search terms from exact match keywords for example online hair extension courses exact match shows for hair extension courses online hair extension online courses hair extensions courses online and i'm going to throw this in there if you look at those search terms for that one keyword i bet you're showing up on some other stuff as well uh not just those exact words in different orders so she asked do you leave them or do you add them as a additional exact match keyword so chris i guess let's talk a little bit about close variants kind of define that kind of talk about what's going on what's changed but then i also want to know from you what do you do with all these close variants are you adding a bunch of keywords so you can control the bids or are you just kind of like going hey i'm not going to add that search term because we're already showing up on it with this exact match keyword that's close to it because of the variant so just first of all what's going on with variants and and how has that changed Okay. So first of all, she was mentioning variants and you may say, what's a variant? I've never seen that in the keyword. What she was referring to is the search terms. Okay. So search terms, if you look at the search terms tab, you'll see things that say close variant in parentheses. What this basically means is it's a close variant to your actual keyword. Google took some liberties here. And if you've paid attention to your search terms, you'll notice that sometimes these liberties are you know, rather conservative. And sometimes they're very liberal as far as the liberties that they take. And I can give you a couple of examples, uh, real life examples. I'm looking in my uh, campaign. So one thing that I'm running on one of my accounts is internet providers in my area. Okay. That is my exact, exact, exact match. That is my exact match keyword, a close variant well, let me say a exact match would be internet providers in my area. It would be that exact search. Someone typed that exactly. A close variant of that, a real life word that Google showed my ad for that exact match keyword was internet near me. It, it was a five word keyword, internet providers in my area. And this only had one word that matched the original keyword. It was just the word internet and then near me. I didn't have the word near. I didn't have the word me. I had the word my, but not me. That's a close variant. It's the same intent. Most of the time it's the same intent, but it's not the same word. It's it's very different. It may be in a different order. And I can give you tons of examples. Jason, I know you have plenty. That's what it looks like for me. And, and in the end, uh, short answer is, Sophie, I do not take actions on these. I don't add all the close variants uh, unless one of two things happens. Number one, the close variant is particularly valuable. And I'm, you know, I think, oh, wow, I didn't consider that. I didn't consider that uh, that search would be so relevant. That would be, it seems really valuable. Okay. Uh, so I might add that because I think I'm willing to target that specifically and bid higher on that. And I want to make sure I have a good search impression share on it. That's one option. Number two, the second reason I might add it is if it gets a significant amount of volume. 
if there's one close variant that gets a lot of volume, I might add it so that I can control it and measure its success separately at, at the uh, keyword level. Other than that, if the intent is basically the same, doesn't really differentiate any differently than the actual keyword, and there's not, it's a bunch of like one impression, one click, one impression, one click, two impressions, three impressions, one click, that kind of stuff, no. I don't waste, I don't waste my time with it. The only other option I have is, of course, I act on the opposite side of the table. I, I might block that variant if I find that it's outside of what I want to target. But... Uh, that's the three occurrences that I take with close variants. Well, yeah, that uh, internet providers in my area versus internet near me. Um, I don't, I don't mind in my area becoming near me in terms of what they allowed you to show up on to me. That's pretty, pretty spot on. But the internet provider becoming just internet. Uh, that's like yeah. probably a total change of meaning because yep. internet could be someone looking for a Wi-Fi thing um, to get online. It's that's totally different. So what do you do in that situation? You just end up adding internet near me, that search term is an exact match negative? Exactly. Yeah. Exact match negative. Mm-hmm. So I've got an example, electrical contractors near me, exact match. Three, three word, three search terms came in for that. Electrical contractors near me, that's an exact hit. Local electrical contractors, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Near me became local, became a different part of the... It went to the beginning instead of the end, but electrical contractors is still there. But then electrical company near me, we also showed up on. And in this situation for this client, it's fine. Like they want to show up on both contractor and company searches. However, that that would kind of raise an alarm for me when I'm managing a campaign for a client because in some cases... They might be a very small electrician, quote unquote, company, but it's really one person and they're more of a contractor. So if you are advertising on electrical contractors and maybe I don't know how that that field works in terms of being an electrical contractor that then maybe goes and works for bigger companies, home building companies when they need someone on demand. But if if I was that contractor and I was trying to get found by home building companies, by property management companies, people who wanted a contractor and I had a small budget to run and I did not want to compete with big companies where people were looking for companies, I wouldn't want electrical company near me showing up on my electrical contractor near me search term. So... In terms of the way it's influenced my management is my search terms activity, Chris, it has gone from a very even split of like looking for negative keywords to looking for new search terms to add to now being very weighted towards just looking for negative keywords. Because like you're saying, it's so open these days with, uh, with phrase match, with, uh, exact match and then if you're doing some broad match modified with the variance that I'm not so much worried about missing searches because I don't have that exact version of the keyword in there it now is like kind of a almost a relief no I'm probably going to show up on everything I want to show up on that's related and then some and it's the and then some that I've got to worry about now more because it is so different sometimes so my search terms work has gone from 50-50, adding good search terms, blocking bad ones to mostly blocking bad ones. And like you said, the main uh, 
kind of way you would decide, oh, this is worth adding as a, another exact match keyword is the volume. You, you start seeing a lot of volume there. And um, the way you would, a, a good filter, just to wrap this up, Chris, look at last 30 days, last 60 days, last 90 days. Um, maybe highlight the exact match keywords you're kind of worried about or in question. Look at the search terms just for those keywords. And then filter to added excluded equals none. And then you can see the variants that you're showing up on that you don't already have added in the account somewhere or in the campaign somewhere. So that that if you were worried about adding more in that you don't already have filtered to none. So um, it is uh, things are changing. And Chris, there's an upside and downside. The upside is you're going to show up on a lot of great searches that you didn't target. The downside is you're going to have some some bad ones sneak through there and you're going to have to work on your negative keywords. But overall, I would say this is a good thing. A lot of people are like, oh, what happened to exact match? But just thinking about it, like it is nice peace of mind knowing that you don't have to have every single way someone searches for something and you can still show up on all the good searches. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Now, you always love when I do this to you and I, I on the air blow your mind with an idea. So... Um, something you might never have done. Do you ever filter your added excluded none along with match type, exact match, close variant only? So you've now... No, no, I haven't done that, okay? I've done a lot of things in my life. I can say I've never done that. That, I didn't know if you that even exists. Um, it's You can actually say... Are you checking? Oh, does it exist? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it exists. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it, you can say, only show me my exact match close variant uh, search terms. And you can say, only show me my exact match non-close variant search terms. So there's a lot of ways that you can kind of filter that out. So it's it's a relatively new filter as far as I know. It's not been around. So it's a, it's a cool feature. Um, all right. Next, we're going back to Facebook uh, and going to hear from Joey. And by the way, when we say from Facebook, these are posted uh, from our Facebook group, which if you would like to be a part of that, you can join at our Patreon group, paidsearchpodcast.com. Click the Patreon link, and uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the price for that. How, how much is it, Chris? Well, 200 pennies, as my eight-year-old would say. She's learning how to count money, so I would tell her it's 200 pennies. Two bucks a month for the audio? That's four right. Four bucks a month for video? Wait, That's but right. and then is it extra for the Facebook group? No. Because that could be more valuable than the show in some people's minds. Yeah. It's in it's included. You could say that it's an add-on feature. Um, it's, it's one of the come on, you, Chris. You, you could you say it was an unplanned value that we added without even considering the value of that independently. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good value there. That group oh, yeah. is fun. Like we do, we learn a lot of good stuff in there. And we have a lot of fun. So. All right, uh, Joey from Facebook. He wanted to know more about using broad match and search remarketing that I had mentioned in episode 200. So Joey said, you know, his mind had been blown about some idea about doing search uh, remarketing and broad match keywords. And I will, I'm going to very briefly run down the process of what this looks like. <laughs> I tried and failed to look up when I discussed this topic 
I think it could have easily been 75 episodes ago. You know, it was a long time ago. I didn't find it. So I'm going to briefly rehash it. Um, was it not episode 200? No, no. He mentioned, we. I mentioned it in episode 200. I didn't give specifics. Um, There's so, so many lost, lost concepts out there, lost times of the show that are just buried in random episodes and we don't know when they were. I know. I know it's like we we I shared my heart and soul, but in order to find it, you have to search like every minute of hundreds of hours. <laughs> um, so here's how it works: set up a new search campaign and add targeted audience, not observation. We talk about observation audiences all the time. This is a targeted audience in a search campaign. Okay, add that at the um, campaign level, ad group level, depending on if it's a new campaign, add it at the campaign level. Okay, now set up a new ad group. And when you set up the new ad group, do something you would never do before. Add two or three word broad match terms. Okay, we, we were talking about, you know, internet providers in my area. You might put something like best internet deals or, you know, cheap internet or stuff like that. Stuff that's just like, you would never do that. And you wouldn't advertise for deals. You wouldn't advertise for cheap because, you know, those are high funnel, you know, bargain shoppers. But you know what? Those people have been to your site before because you are targeting that remarketing audience. You are targeting those people. They've been to your site. So now what you're doing is you're showing ads that you would never show up for any other way. These are broad match terms. I'm not talking about modified broad. I'm not talking about phrase. Pure broad. Put those in place. You now have an audience that would be millions of people, depending on where you're targeting. And you've now whittled it down to a few thousand, maybe 10,000. Depends on how big your your remarketing audience is. And you're only going to get a few impressions. You're only going to get a few clicks. It's going to be a very minimal spend, especially if you have a, you know, a couple thousand in your remarketing audience. It's going to be very minimal. So what you're doing is showing that ad, uh, which you could write in a very different way. You know, hey, don't forget about us, you know, kind of messaging or we're still here or give us a second chance, something like that, you know, because they're looking for Internet. Still unhappy with your Internet. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Reflective question would be great. Um, do that, and it's really neat, and it's it's probably one of the easiest, most non-risky ways of dabbling in some new ideas and new audiences that you know with broad keywords that that would be a whole lot better than just throwing broad keywords out generally. So that's the idea, Joey. That's how it works. Jason, what do you think? Well, I think I need to try this. Um, it's just one of those things where it sounds great on paper, but um, we have a saying down in Texas called all hat, no cattle. Oh. And, yeah. And um, we? I don't know. It's just something where, excuse me? We have a saying? Do you have your Texas tattoo? I have my Oklahoma residency, <laughs> and we happen to look at Texas as a nice little, uh, one of our nice little properties we can maintain. I say, I say it again. We will buy you and use it as our jail. It's uh. <laughs> our prison colony. <laughs> uh, Chris, um, it, no, it's one of those things that's like, it sounds so good on paper, but I don't, I just haven't gotten around to do it because there's a few, there's a few things. It's like one, you got to have a client that's willing to, uh, you know, get a little freaky with you, want to try some things. Like you start running 
Phrase match, exact match, broad match, modified, $1,000 a month, perfect search terms, tracking everything. It's working perfect. Like, the conversation never comes up. Like, do you want to go to a hotel room and do Google search network remarketing? It just, <laughs> that doesn't come up. So, because things are working out so good. So, Chris, um, w- now one of the things people need to know about, you want to make sure you're doing the audience on targeting not observation yes. right targeting very because if you do observation you'll be running pure broad match keywords to every pure broad match keywords and it'll tell you how the data does when someone happens to be in your remarketing group but it won't force your campaign to only show ads when they're in your remarketing audience so you want to make sure that's targeted targeting um and then in terms of the size you have to have a thousand active visitors on your website within the last 30 days and for the display network that's a hundred to run remarketing for search network it's a thousand that's a lot so that that holds back a lot of people from being able to do it quick but tip. i will say it's a very interesting thing to try yeah if, if you have that issue change the length of your audience the time frame of your audience to something a little bit longer it likely would help you know if you're on a 30-day audience uh cookie expiration try 500 and whatever the 540 i think or whatever the number is this is the max number of days you know what chris i was thinking about this today i've given that exact advice myself and now i question myself why i'm reading through the document well i'm reading through the documentation you can see it there google search network must have a minimum of a thousand active visitors or users within the last 30 days oh, so 30 days oh, I'm, I'm i'm good, questioning myself so good point i good used point. to think uh yeah oh it's a thousand active visitors let's open it up to 540 days now our remarking list shows more people than it would if we locked it down to 30 but as i'm reading the language there today i'm questioning myself so i would bet reading this that it is they monitor it within the last 30 days and if you don't have a thousand it'll say something like on the status like not enough people or something like that. So watch out for that. And um, I mean, I'd love to hear from anybody that's doing this, Chris, because I would love to know how loose you can get with your keywords. And as long as they're on your remarketing list, uh, still go for it. And you know what? I'm going to start doing that myself. I'm the king of remarketing, the king of other things. And I I do have an audience that's over a thousand people. So I'm going to crack it open do it. Um, and then I'll share, how, I'll share how it goes. Yeah, I'm going to do it this weekend. I, yeah, I've, I know I've done it. I don't, I can't think of anybody that I actively have it running on right now, but, uh, yeah, it'll be, be interesting. You can come back and report. Okay. Next going back to Facebook again, our Facebook group, um, kind of picking on you guys today. Uh, and, uh, we're going to Matt. He said, uh, Jason said, if you target Spanish and target English keywords, it would only show up if the user searched a keyword in English while his browser settings are in Spanish. Then he spoke about ads in other languages. Were you sending that traffic to a landing page in the same language? That's what Matt wants to know. So this is entirely on you, Jason. I'll let you... Yeah, so I'm going to answer Matt's question, and then we have some more breaking news uh, here about language settings. So every time I've done a different language, and it's it's mostly basically Spanish, because I don't know. The only other ones I've seen where it would be where people are doing this a lot, it seems like in New York, the New York metro area, and uh, also the West Coast, the Seattle area, 
Um, it seems like Chinese. A lot of if you look at like websites like uh, you know doctors, lawyers, moving companies, some of them will have uh, like Chinese versions of the website you can click to on the website. The other time I've seen a language thing has been Russian in the New York City metro area. And then also possibly, I think there's a parts of Miami where that might apply. Um, but beyond Chinese and Russian, the only time I've run into this uh, has been Spanish. And I'm in Oklahoma. Um, I run through parts of Texas every now and then. And down here, there's a lot of Spanish speakers. So there are a lot of websites where they make clear to people that they uh, also they service Spanish speaking customers. Every time I've done this, create Spanish ads, Spanish keywords, the whole thing, the clients have always had a Spanish version of the website. So I've always been in a spot where we send people to the Spanish version of the website. I would not let that hold you back though if your client wants, if they can answer the phone or answer emails in Spanish to people who only speak Spanish and people are searching for things in Spanish, I would try it even if you don't have a Spanish language website. The reason I say that is because there are so many people who speak Spanish primarily, maybe in the home, their day-to-day life, maybe even wherever they work, but they also live in America where the main language is English and they can get along in English. So it might be their first instinct to go to Google and do their searches in Spanish, but then 90 plus percent of the websites they land on are going to be in English. And so even though they did their search in Spanish, they know how to get along in English, dial the phone number they see and take a chance. Maybe, maybe the company speaks Spanish. So if you don't have a full blown Spanish website, maybe you can add a little line that says, you also take calls in Spanish, that kind of thing. Um, and Chris, we were talking about it on uh, Monday this week. Like, try this out. But then how do you know if it's working? Well, track all conversions. That's why it's so important to track conversions. Oh. Because you try it out, you don't have any mystery. I mean, run, running Spanish keywords with Spanish ads to a website that's in English, that seems a little crazy on the face of it. That seems like a little it just doesn't seem like it would go well. However, I could totally see it going well. And it just depends on the conversion data you get. And even if the cost per conversion is a little higher, that means you bid a little lower or you accept a little higher cost per conversion. So you track it that way. Now, Chris, the breaking news here is he did say, Jason, you said you target Spanish and target English keywords that would only show up if the user searched in Spanish because the browser settings are well, I can't read today, but Chris, I have said over and over on the show that the keywords you target, that's based on the language you put in there, just the keyword. So if you want to target Spanish speaking keywords, you can do that when the setting is all languages. You can do it when it's set to English, Spanish, whatever. It's based on the person search. But in terms of where where your ad shows for that keyword, it's based on their browser setting. That's what we've said for years. So if you put in your settings, languages english and spanish your ads are going to show to people who have their settings on their browser to english and also to people who have it in spanish but that's that's not correct anymore chris that's that's new there's a new thing going on so i was looking at the documentation today target languages on the search network google ads on the search network can target one language multiple language or all languages that's in the settings where you select english or another language or all languages We've always recommended all languages because 
if someone does a search for that keyword in English, your ad's going to show up. So who cares if their browser's set to Hungarian? As long as they do the English keyword, that means they speak English. And it says your ads will be eligible for queries where the keywords match. Here's a new thing. And Google believes that the user understands at least one targeted language. And they say you might find it helpful to target all languages. By targeting all languages, you can reach people who speak more than one language and may search in several languages. And then listen to this, how Google ads detects languages on the search network. Google ads uses a variety of signals to understand which language the user knows. The attempts to serve the best ad available in a language the user understands. These signals could include query language, user settings, and other language signals as derived by our machine learning algorithms. These signals could include query language. So that means they're looking at the searches people do. User settings, that's that's what they put their browser to. That's what we thought it was in the past. And other language signals as derived by our machine learning algorithms. So to me, that means if they're doing searches in Spanish, if they go to Spanish websites that have Google Analytics on them, um, or they're in Chrome and they go to Spanish websites and they're able to track it, uh, or their settings on their their browser. But the point is, someone could have their settings in English, and you could still show if you selected Spanish on your languages or all languages. Like, if you selected... Uh, it's just way more open. It's kind of hard to verbalize what's been happening, but it's way more open than we thought it was. On 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 the end, if you're managing Google Ads, this explains, if you're running through your search terms, why you would see, like I have, and I never really knew A foreign why, language word in your I search would, term. Yeah, I would see like a Spanish or, you know, all kinds of, I've seen Arabic and all kinds of languages on on there and i'm like how in that how i didn't even know i don't even know how to block it because i can't read it you know i don't even know what to block other than just the exact match so you know that explains why i now see so many more foreign languages apart from english even though for many of my campaigns i have english only targeted um so you so. so you could be targeting houston you could be targeting a keyword plumbers near me you could have your language setting set to english only and in the past, we thought that meant the browser setting. But now, if someone does a search, uh, potentially in a different language... See, I don't think... I know I've seen that as well, but I still think it's tied to the keyword. I just think, like, let's put it this way. You could have a keyword, movers near me, set to English only. And what I think now that I didn't think is someone in Houston could have their browser set to Spanish. And if they do movers near me in English, our ad will show. And in the past, I would have said, no, the ad won't show because even though it's the exact keyword, we're setting it to English and their browser is set to Spanish. So we're not going to show, but that's not the case anymore because if Google thinks based on the person's searches or other signals that they have, which I think means websites people go to, if they think that person who has their browser set to Spanish also understands English when they do a keyword search that happens to be English, but just when they match your keyword, if your settings is set to English, even though their browser is Spanish, because the keywords matched and because Google thinks they understand English because English is your setting, your ad will now show up even though their browser setting is set to Spanish. 
So this is new. Yeah. It shouldn't be surprising because the exact same thing, we just described it in a previous question because we literally said the same thing. You have an exact match keyword. Google can show your ad for something other than the exact match keyword based on triggers uh, outside of just the search itself. So this is the exact same thing. Google can show your ad based on triggers outside of the language setting itself. So yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that uh, they've taken the same liberties that they do with keywords as what they do with uh, location information, as as what they do with uh, language information, you know. And uh, Jason, probably the only thing we know that we truly, ha- when we set something in Google Ads, I'd have to think on this, but I'd have to say it might be that the only thing we really know that's happening is when you change the ad schedule. When you say ads turn off at 4 p.m. and turn back on at 8 a.m., that's really the only thing we know for sure that we truly have control over because you don't have control over budget anymore. You don't have control over location anymore. You don't have control over keywords or or bids. All right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're talking a lot of trash. And you need to slow down because some people don't know what you're talking about. You don't have control over budget. What does that mean? If you look at the budget settings, it says something to the effect of, hey, we'll spend your average daily budget over the the course of a 30-day period, but if things are going good, we're going to take the liberty of spending up to 200% of your daily budget on any given day, something yep. like that, yep. and then we'll meter it down over the course of 30 days and you'll hit your average. You don't have control over your keywords while well, we were just talking about close variance. It's not, they're not going to show you on something totally off the wall if you're doing exact or phrase or broad match modified. However, there are variants and things can be different. You don't have control over your lo- location. What you mean by that is it used to be the most locked you could do is users in your location and now it's users in or regularly in your location so what i've talked about in the past memphis divorce lawyer the guy lives in memphis his little girlfriend's out in beverly hills and if he goes to beverly hills often which he might want to um (laughs) he, he he could probably be looked at as regularly in Beverly Hills. So, you know, ladies out there, you want to find out if your man's cheating, Check contact us. Google, ask him uh, <laughs> what what uh, other cities is he uh, allowed to be found as regularly in? I would just like to know those settings. And then if you see Beverly Hills and you're sitting in Memphis and you're like, hey, I thought you went out to Los Angeles like once every six months for business. Is that regularly in? Google's got you out there every other weekend. What's going on? <laughs> I hope Google wins. And you guys can that. take it from there. Yeah. So that's the location thing. And now we're talking language. You put your setting to English. You thought that meant users who have their browser set to English, but no, now it means people who uh, Google thinks understand English, even if they primarily speak another language. Lots going on there, Chris. I would say, another, oh, and then bids. You put on enhanced. Cost per click bidding, even if it's manual, things can get a little crazy. Um, Tons of automated bidding strategies. I would say this, Chris. We do still have control over schedule, like you're saying. We do still have control over Google Search Network versus Google Partners. That's true. Um, You can lock it down to just Google Searches, Google Search Network. You do still have control over... I would like to think manual bids without enhanced cost per click. Hopefully, if you bid $5, it is $5. If I bid $5, will I see my average cost per click came in at $5.20? It wouldn't shock me. I don't know how strict that is. I just know it's pretty close usually. Finally, 
negative keywords. We do still have control over negative keywords. It's true. You know, you add in a negative keyword, I have confidence uh, you're going to block that going forward. It's a pretty short Um, list. (laughs) It's not a very long list of things (laughs) that we truly know we have coverage over. Compared to how many things are going on in the You don't have have control of ads. Because tell me if your ad extension is going to show. Tell me which headline is going to show for sure. You don't always know if headline three is going to show. Uh, you're pretty sure headline one is going to show, but not everything. You don't know how much of it's going to show. Wanna, you want to have any kind of ability to track anything at all. You got to turn on the tracking. And if you turn on the tracking, you don't know what number they're going to use. You don't know how long you yeah. those calls to that number go to your business. So yeah, there's a lot you don't know. But hey, come on, Chris, what are we doing here? Like this is still way better than almost every other form of marketing I can think of. It's so targeted compared to everything else. And from Google's perspective and from the advertiser perspective, I do like it. I like that this is happening because if you think about it, someone who primarily speaks Spanish, their browser set to Spanish, but they do understand English. If they search your English keyword, I don't care what their browser setting is said to, you know, they speak, they typed in your English keyword. So, and then you talk about close variants. Well, there is a benefit to that because it's just Google wants to match people who want what you are offering. And yes, some things happen and you got to add negative keywords. You got to look out for yourself basically in your account. But overall, I do like that they are using more and more of their technology they're developing to match people who would become customers of the business you're advertising for. So it's not perfect. You have to do things to make it better. And that's our job day to day. But I do like that the trend is to get more and more of those matches. And you just think about five years ago, how many people were there in a metro that would become customers of your business, were searching kind of like your keywords, were in your uh, language, even if their setting wasn't perfect, were in your area regularly, even though if they happen to do the search when they were on a road trip or something. Like there's so many more areas that were getting matched up with people who, yes, they would be a perfect customer for you, but at the exact moment they did the search, the settings might have blocked them. But now I like that's going in the other direction. Yeah. Well, Jason has some big news to share in just a minute. Uh, before he shares that, I'm going to tell you guys about OPTEO.com slash PSP2 for a two-month free trial. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not automation. This is not click it and stick it, uh, whatever that means. I just made that up, but that sounds like a horrible thing. You don't ever want to click it and stick it. You want to think about it and then click it and then measure and then Click it again and think about it and measure. This is a a tool that helps you get things done faster and measure the success and then do it again and do it again and do it again for five accounts, 15 accounts, 400 accounts, one account. It's perfect for all those. And one example of one thing it can do can help you optimize display campaigns. It can help you determine which display placement is is valuable and which ones you want to block. You can very quickly flip through the different placements and add, block, add, block, add, block, boom, 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 boom. Try doing that in Google Ads in an efficient way. Not going to happen. Great interface, uh, great tool to use. OPTEO.com slash PSP2 to check them out. Jason. 
Big news. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if you uh, are saying that because on our publishing sheet here, I, I wrote down next time in all caps and highlighted it red. <laughs> the meaning of that was to block off uh, the next questions that <laughs> no, you had already I, reviewed for next time, but I did not have big news. No, I no, I um, I knew what that was. I just didn't want people to to leave before I got to tell them about Optio. <laughs> So that I was hoping you'd come up with some big news. You failed me. Uh, I was hoping you make up something and say, guess what, guys? Um, well, you know, I was thinking about it, like what I could come up with news. And I guess I can preview Monday's episode. We're going to prepare for a lot. Um, this came up. This topic came up today. It came up today. And I was talking to someone and said, listen, I'm about to tell you something that I've recently discovered is incredibly controversial. But then I proceeded proceeded to tell them why, and I gave them a preview of my, you know, my reasoning for this extremely controversial. Maybe that's you now. Know, now was this a professional or or an advertiser? It was an advertiser. It was a, a and and did did your reasoning and logic about how to optimize ad copy um, and ads did it make sense to them? Did they agree with it? Oh yeah, yeah. They didn't question it. Yeah. Well, I saw a comment in the. Um, in the Patreon group, and he was like, um, "Well, if you mean this, then yes, I focus on conversion rate." So, my point is, there is a lot of controversy on the way I worded the surveys. Did you post another question? And no, I haven't posted the new survey yet. Um, I'm going to. Okay. But I am going to. I was trying to think about how to word it. It's hard to word without sounding controversial or without swaying people's answer okay in that case give them give them an example say don't even ask the question and post it with it ask the question just say here's here here's a scenario ad a has click-through rate this and conversion this and ad b has click-through rate this and conversion this which ad do you pause that's the question don't provide any other information and see what people say and that that couldn't be more clear all right, so the answers would be I would pause the ad that has a bad click-through rate or I would pause the ad that has a bad conversion rate there you go. or I would leave them both running because I'm undecided. You I will throw that in there, Chris, no. because some of us no, are undecided. <laughs> We're, we, we've got that fence wedged so high up our you-know-what. No. We just can't get off it, Chris. I don't know. I don't know. Unbelievable. And it kills me because I don't want to give up a high click-through rate and I don't want to give up a high conversion rate. You know, I don't know what to do. If – isn't there like tags that we can put on our Facebook group on different people? Can, can we label people different things? If I, it, what would it, you like to call me? Cowards. I'm going to put a Be coward. Nice. If anybody who votes, I'm going to put just. It's a tag, not just me, Chris. Like There's a other coward people with on me. your name. You're going to call them cowards. Yeah. Anybody who votes option C, that's fine. You can vote that, but you will have coward tagged beside your name every time you post on a Facebook Facebook group. Make a decision. Stand on your own two feet. Get the fence right, out of your butt. Preview, let me preview it this way. Let me preview it this way. You're an idiot. <laughs> like you've walked, you've walked so far into a no, sand trap. Here. No, Jason, yes, you have. No, because, no, you, you have. Because you know what? Because I'm about to rock your world. No, about to rock your world. Okay, you're going to be like that woman in Memphis finding out her husband is over in Beverly Hills, <laughs> and you're not going to know what to do. <sighs> Do you have follow a good track record? The, follow. No, you don't. You don't. You have to say. Following the click-through rate <laughs> strategy. Uh-huh. If you had one ad that had a click-through rate of 
and a conversion rate of 10%. And it was getting conversions. This is over a year worth of data. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it had gotten a lot of conversions. Mm -hmm. And then you had a second ad that had a click-through rate of 5%. And it had zero conversions over the course of that year. There's tons of volume going to both of them. All the conversions have gone to the second ad the, or the first ad, the one with the 1% click-through rate. The 5% click-through rate ad, it has zero conversions. You would go in there, you would pause the 1% click-through rate ad that had gotten all the conversions. You would be running the beautiful 5% click-through rate. Oh, look at our great click-through rate. And you would never get a conversion again. <laughs> How do you square that circle? Okay. Guys, you got to listen uh, on Monday to, uh, to find out. He doesn't have out. an answer. He doesn't oh, no, have I, have, answer. I have a freaking answer. He's trying, answer. To, play it. No, he's trying to play it off as a tease. Oh, no. 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 He's trying <laughs> no. to play it off as a tease. No. But Dude. he doesn't have an answer. No. He's so far in the sand trap, he doesn't know how to get out. You're so confident. He's making stuff up. You're just going to make... You're going to make an... Embar- you're going to be embarrassed. The, the following Monday... Jason will issue I might a public be embarrassed apology on that Monday. I might be embarrassed, but from this Thursday to that Monday, you're no. the one who's embarrassed because you no. don't have an answer. I have an answer. I don't. You would get sh- zero conversions for the rest of the future. I'll, would, I'll, for all time, you would get zero yeah. conversions going forward. I would. In that in that circumstance, well, that, well, that be. I guess that would be great. Yeah, I would do it. I would pause that sucker. Bam! Look at that look at that crappy click through rate gone, gone. You know, I, I want you to see yourself right now, and I don't want you to have to wait a few days till this comes out. So I want you to go to a mirror right now and just soak it in. <laughs> I don't, just see what I'm seeing. I don't have mirrors all around my house like you, Jason. It's uh, I don't. I don't need a mirror. I, every time I look around, I see myself. Yeah, great. The better co-host mug coming soon. All right, Chris, you go. You go as as we say down in Texas. You go think on it. Okay, you go think on it, <sighs> and uh, come up with an answer for that. All right, I will. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure and listen Monday so uh, you can console Jason in his uh, detrimental loss. That's if that's if Chris shows up. That's if he shows up. I'm not going to show up for my own podcast. My my victory lap. It's literally going to be based on that question. Based on that question, I could see you pulling out. (laughs) No way. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next week.